You are listening to the Australian Breastfeeding Podcast, where everyday girls let you in on their breastfeeding journeys. And I will unpack all things breastfeeding. I'm your host, Susie Prout, a midwife and lactation consultant. Let's get into it. Hello and welcome back to the Australian Breastfeeding Podcast. I'm so glad you're here because I have a really beautiful story that I'm going to share today from a mum of four little girls. So she certainly knows her thing about the early days Mm -hmm. of motherhood and the early days of breastfeeding. And we're going to talk about something that you might not know. You might not know the term fourth trimester. You might not know the term postnatal depletion. And I'm going to explain all of that. And then Beck is going to help me with her story as well. So today I have Beck Abraham with me and she runs the Instagram account Bellies and Beyond. And I'm going to tag her profile on my Instagram and also in the notes you can find her. And she's a mum of four little girls and she's recently just had Goldie, who's just a little one. And so Beck, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to chat with me. It is such a pleasure. I'm like so stoked that you even thought to ask me. I mean, I don't, I I hope I'm a little bit interesting. (laughs) Ah, you will be. No, absolutely. You will be. (laughs) Um, So do you mind just telling the listeners a bit about yourself and um, your kids and where you are and everything? Yep. So I am a mother of four girls. I still can't believe that, but I am. (laughs) I am 35 years old and I live in Bondi and my girls, Mika is nine, Rafaela is eight. Indy is four and then Goldie is two months today or eight weeks today and um yeah that's me yeah no that's awesome you've um you had you seemed you had the the two older girls really close together and then you've had quite so not really big but moderately big spaces between yeah the two yeah did you you find those two at the beginning really close did you uh, find that quite crazy you know what? I had the girls close together, not out of choice. My number two was a whoopsie, um, a very loved and welcomed whoopsie. But yeah. yeah, it was very, very hectic. My husband works very, my husband is a surgeon and he works very long hours. And I can't rely on him really for any physical help. Yeah. Um, so having two babies was just really, really a difficult time. Now it's such a blessing to have girls that are so close in age and, you know, they're friends and yeah. I don't really have to do play dates because they can play together a lot. But the first two years of them was, was a nightmare. I won't lie. <laughs> it was really, really tricky. I had postnatal depression as well. So, yeah, it was just a real, a real hard time. Yeah, yeah. And so how many months apart were the other girls? So... Those two were about 19 months apart and then I waited. Yeah, so they were 19 months apart. Then I waited until my oldest was in school Um, and then the second one was in preschool until I had my third. So I really waited so that I could have that time with her and not have anything like I did with the first two. Yeah. And then again, I had another, well, a four-year age graph again between the last two. And I remember with my first two, so my first two are 21 months apart. And I remember when I had my second, I thought at the time that my first, Harry, should have, you know, was really grown up. And I I think back now, once I've had now, I've had my third, I think, gosh, I expected so much of a 21-month-old. Oh, my God. I constantly feel guilty about this. Like when I look back, I think 
I can't believe how frustrated I got with her for not sitting still or not, you know, behaving properly. And she was a baby. Like what? I, it's a constant guilt of mine, actually. No, that, and I, think, um, I wonder if we are all the same with our older ones. We think they're meant to be. And I think even now with my my oldest one, he's seven, I, I always expect a lot from him. And then I, my other one, who's five and a half, you know, nearly six, so he's still like babied. And it's, yeah, I think the oldest child really gets kind of thrown in there. Totally. No, no. I mean, I do. My oldest one is so independent now, and I sometimes think it's because she kind of had to be like she had to grow yeah. up, yeah, really quickly. So maybe it's fostered into something great. But I, yeah, I do feel guilty about it. No, I know. I certainly know. I know those feelings. And so, what I'm going to talk a little bit about now is, and for the girls that are pregnant, I have a lot, a lot of pregnant listeners or very new mums. We the word fourth trimester and postnatal depletion. So when we talk about fourth trimester, we talk about kind of those first three months of after your baby has been born. And so we think about it, we have the first and the second and third trimester when baby's inside your tummy, and then we have the fourth trimester. And we try to think of it as in baby, yes, baby's not in your tummy anymore, but baby wants to be really close and wants to mimic those in utero experiences like being really warm and being fed really frequently and rocked and all the things that happen in your tummy baby likes to have that happen in the first three months and so what the problem though is with fourth trimester nowadays is back in the day long time long time ago certainly in the caveman times and and certainly um you know even a hundred years ago when mums had babies, they stayed in hospital. I mean, I know my mum and it was like, you know, 40 years ago, 35 years ago, you know, would stay in hospital for 10 days and have a lot of help around them. And that first three months you're, you're resting with your baby and um, everything is very slow and not much is expected of you. But now the fourth trimester, we are starting to do a bit more research into it now and look at how important it is. But certainly in the last 20 years, we've expected mums to bounce back very quickly and to just kind of get on with it and get back into the world. And if we don't get back into the world really quickly and we don't want to you know, have that quick pace, we tend to struggle because everyone else is doing that. And um, that's where the word postnatal depletion comes into it as well, because postnatal depression is something very real and real and um, it is common as well in postnatal anxiety. But postnatal depletion is not, you haven't got a, a diagnosis of depression or anxiety, but you are absolutely depleted because your body's depleted um, having just given birth and you're exhausted and you're learning breastfeeding and you haven't got that time to kind of just rest and recoup and just debrief after the birth. And so that's how when we don't do the fourth trimester properly, we tend to get postnatal depletion, but we can't really do the fourth trimester properly because of what the day and age that we're in now. And so Beck, certainly having four little girls, you are busy every day, aren't you? I am really busy. I have, um, my kids are at three different schools, which oh, wow. is a logistical nightmare, as you can imagine. Yeah. But this pregnant, like, it's funny that, yes, this is probably the busiest I've ever been. But after this birth, I've been the quietest and the slowest and the calmest I've ever been. Oh, wow. And was that something that you thought that you would do? Or is it just kind of happened that way? No, you know what I've had? I mean, when Mika was my first, I was so excited to get home from hospital and 
show everyone that I could do this. You know, I had it yeah. and I was going to take my bugaboo to Westfield and walk <laughs> around. And like when people would say to me, oh, my God, you're amazing. Look at you, you're out. I would actually like love that, I suppose. Yes. And then the second time I couldn't do that because I had the two babies basically. And um, I, I had postnatal depression. And so that was just a terrible time. Yeah. The third time I had postnatal anxiety and oh. I had a very bad, very, very, very bad trauma from labor. And oh. um, so this time I did, I went into it really just differently going, this time is my last time for sure. Yeah. And I'm going to do things differently and I'm going to, not, I'm just not going to have any expectations on myself, on my baby. I'm going to just be as quiet and slow as I possibly can and just be in the bubble. And I have loved the bubble. Love. Oh, yes, I love the word the bubble. And I also love, well, I found it really interesting when you say that when people say, oh, you're amazing, you're out and about, and you're doing all these things, and we love that. We love it when people say that, but it's sad that we don't get the same as we don't get the same, oh, you know, you're amazing, you're staying at home, you're taking the time, you're, you are living in the bubble. We don't, we don't kind of get that recognition, and it's so, it just needs to change. You know, we really need to change really in our culture. It needs to change. I, I mean, this time, to my two best friends have had their birthdays since, Goldie was born and I was so tempted to just go like, yeah, I can do this. I'm just going to yeah. take her with me or I'm going to pump and I'm going to leave her. And, I, and then I was just like, what for? You know, yeah. like what What am I doing this to myself and to Goldie for? Um, you know, obviously I can't avoid always being at home because of the girl, the other girls. Yeah. But so any opportunity though I can, like often I'll do all my drop-offs and then I'll come home, be home all day until I've got to pick her up. Like it's just been the best best thing and like you're calling it the fourth trimester I'm calling it the bubble it's the same yes. thing it's just keeping us both it's keeping her cocooned but also me cocooned me I feel like I've kind of swallowed myself and just wrapped myself up in it all yeah yeah no I think that's amazing and and for the pregnant or the very new mums with first babies to to it's that it's it's not a race you know it's not a it, it's not a race to be getting out and doing everything and it's actually the best thing you can do is just to to stay home and learn about your baby and learn about yourself as a new mum and and do you have any other tips for um yeah for pregnant ladies with their first or new mums with their first how to cut that your mindset how to, how you you know you need to go about this first three months or yeah. so I just think you've got to be so gentle with yourself and so kind to yourself because you're going to go through every, every emotion. Yeah. And those lonely moments in the middle of the night can be so lonely and so dark. Yeah. And so if you need to take that extra sleeping in the morning or, you know, like if people offer help, help say yes. I wish yeah. I'd done that more. Anytime yeah. someone says, can I drop over dinner? Can I bring you a coffee? Just say yes. Yeah. Don't feel bad about that and don't feel like you're letting anyone down or, you know, not doing a good job by saying yes. Oh, that is such a good point. And I remember when I had my third and, and a friend messaged me and said, oh, can I pick up Harry for school, you know, rather than you having to get in the car and take him. And I, I said no. Like, you know, I just thought, oh, no, I, I need to do this myself. And I think, why did I do that? Why didn't I just say yes, you know? Yeah, that's the thing. This time I've said yes to everyone and I kept thinking I wish I'd done this before. 
Because people are so happy to help. They want to help. So happy. Like doing a disservice to them or to yourself, but people are so happy to help. And I just think just say yes every time to the little things, to the big things. Um, It will make such a world of difference. Yeah, that is such, such a good point. And so now with your breastfeeding, we I know we spoke a little bit before and all of your four breastfeeding journeys haven't been totally easy. You, you've kind of struggled yeah. through and um, done what you can. And I do love how you were saying before how you've been taking it day by day, which is awesome. I'm not putting huge expectations on yourself and not putting goals in place because I know that a lot of people... Um, and a lot of lactation consultants talk about your breastfeeding goals and what your goal should be and what you should need to have a goal. And and I um, I don't really like that because I think that a goal with breastfeeding when you don't know how breastfeeding is going to go can sometimes cause so much angst. If someone says to you when you're, you've got a two-week-old, oh, is your goal to feed till two years? You'd be like, well, I can't even do this for two more days. <laughs> like, yeah. Two more years. yeah, exactly. You know? And so like having a goal is having a short-term goal, like, oh, I'd really like to get to six weeks. So I'd really like to, tr- you know, see how I go for the next fortnight or something like that is so much more um, attainable and, and will make you feel so much better because you've achieved, you know, something really small. And so how have you gone with Goldie then? Like how kind of, how did it start off and how's yeah, it been going what? on the day-to-day? In the hospital even, I um I had, like, she'd just ripped apart my nipples already by, like, day three, and I went to the lactation consultant in the hospital, and I went to the class, and she said, oh, you know what you're doing? You're a fourth-time mum. And I said, but Goldie is a first-time baby. Yeah. And I need help. And she kind of dismissed me, and she, again, made reference to the fact that there were other people in the class that were first-time mothers and, you know, I was a fourth-time mother, so I, was, I felt a, a little yeah. bit crappy about that. Yeah. And um, so she and Goldie was drawn just at the beginning, so she was very sleepy and tired and lazy, and she just wasn't opening her mouth properly. And yeah. Um. By the time I got home, I was so anxious before every feed because she, I was bleeding. She was coughing up my blood. That's how bad it was. Oh my god. And I called, and it was like no one was doing face-to-face lactation consult because of COVID so I did a zoom a zoom with someone and she did help a lot like it was very hard for her obviously to help me with latching yeah via zoom because you kind of need to be there but she did help and um, I was just in tears on the phone to her and I just said like I don't know that I'm going to even get through tonight I don't know that I'll be feeding by the morning and yeah you know she said just be okay with it and just I'll help you but if you can't you can't yeah and so we did, she was amazing. I did get through that. My nipples healed. Then um, Goldie didn't put, wasn't putting on weight, um, which was, which is every mo- new mother's worst nightmare. Oh, isn't it? Really. Yeah. It's just awful. And I was feeding and feeding and feeding and she just wasn't putting on weight. So then we started, I actually listened to your podcast, Susie, about topping up. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> but you just, you just posted one and it was perfect timing that um, <laughs> pediatrician did suggest I he actually said to me you know I, I would like you to top up she was she'd lost a lot of weight she was yeah. well below her birth weight on week four um where they should have pretty much put on yeah. on their weight so she was well well below and she said you know what you have to be realistic with yourself he said don't go around saying that I'm pro formula and that's what the pediatrician said but he said I'm giving you permission if you need to hear it from the doctor yeah. to switch to formula because 
to top up and pump when you're a mother of four is going to be so, so difficult. Yeah. And I, it was, I, I mean, I really appreciated that he said that to me about formula. Yeah. Um, because I think some mothers would need to hear that. I said to him, you know what, I'm going to mix feed. I'm going to do, I, I mean, she obviously needs to put on weight and that's my yeah. priority. So I'm going to do, so we, we basically worked out a plan where I would feed five minutes from each boob, then yeah. chop her up afterwards. Yeah. And that was with either formula or pumped milk. So, yeah, it was a really good plan. He said two of those feeds had to be formula, full formula, but the yeah. rest he didn't mind. It was just 120 mils of either pumped milk or formula milk. So I thought that was a good plan. Yeah. And um, that's what I've been doing. And um, I've been pumping and doing some formula. And like I said to you just before we spoke, but I don't set these big goals. I just say to myself today, this is what I'm going to do. And yeah. then I'll work out tomorrow, tomorrow. And that has been for my head the best. And I know that it's, I'm not going to be one of these people that are still feeding when she's a year. I won't, I don't have the time. I don't have the energy. I yeah. even come school holidays to sit and pump all the time is not really realistic. Yeah. Yeah. She's not wonderful on the boob at all. So I'm just literally taking it day by day. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's all, you know, it's all you can do. And I think we also think it's it's also very different when we're, we have a mum come in and baby's lost weight and they're a first-time mum and they can put a plan in place if they want to because it's all about, you know, what the mum wants. If they want to put a plan in place, which is just expressing and topping up with express breast milk without the formula, with a first-time mum, we can, we can sometimes get around that because they haven't got all the other, you know, commitments. But with a yeah. second, third, fourth time mum, in the plan, you've got to put into, okay, well, if you say you're going to need to express every three hours at 8 a.m., how are you actually going to do that? Like, yeah. you know, how are you going to do it when you've got to get in the car and you've got to do a round trip of three different schools? And and I think that when we get to that time when Bubs has lost over the recommend, you know, over 10% or hasn't put on enough um, at a certain time, to sit down with someone like a pediatrician or a lactation consultant to sit down with someone and look at a plan but also look at the lifestyle of that mum and also her feelings towards feeding and everything so it's like personalized which I think is what you did and you've you know you were probably quite glad that you had a plan and you could just follow something day by day yeah it took the guesswork out of it and I needed that yeah um but yeah it was very realistic and I said you know let's try this and we'll see if it works or not yeah and so far it has definitely worked for me and I've you know what I I wish I could say that I'm one of the mothers that sit and breastfeed and go oh my god this is so beautiful but I don't so I've had like struggles with each of my children so it doesn't I don't have that love for it yeah Um, yeah it's a bit of getting the job done I do think it's more convenient to be able to breastfeed than you know boiling the water making sure it's cool Trying to count scoops out in the middle of the night when you're half asleep is much harder than just <laughs> pulling a boob out. I'm always like, have I done one or have I done two by now? What you know, what have yeah. I done? You know, it's it's like I think breastfeeding is more convenient, and that's probably why I wish it worked out better for me. Yeah. But um, yeah, like now I think because I had the stress of her losing weight and being hungry, which is a horrible feeling. Yeah. Um. I actually love seeing, like, I love having the bottle and seeing how much she's had. 
for me yeah. that just helps my um you know my headspace and I get you know I suppose I still dabble in bits of anxiety and I think yeah. I love seeing okay she's had 120 mils you know and so yeah whether that's pumped milk or formula I'm okay with that I, for now I'm pumping and it's working for me as soon as I said as soon as it stops working I won't yeah but um I, I love to see that exact measurement that I know that she's had you like yeah you like to see you like to see and that's the thing some girls um when they are pumping they do and the baby has lost weight they do like to see they do like to um certainly when you have got some anxiety as well it's it is something that girls find comforting and some girls it's some girls are very more scientific and some girls are more yeah you're not scientific whatever that word is but some girls couldn't care less about numbers on a bottle and some girls want that and I think it's you know each to their own isn't it yes totally I think I guess being a second third and fourth time mother you kind of work out where you where you fit on you know as what you prioritize as a mother and for me I prioritize my headspace like nothing is going to yeah. work in my family in my household if my head is not in a good space so I think yes now I'm not a dreamer about breastfeeding and I'm just like, all right, what works for me? What works for this family? And I'm doing yeah. that. I'm and I mean, you, you know, think- she's, she's eight weeks and she's still having the breast milk and you're still doing what you can. And, yeah, um, you know, you should be really proud of, of where you are. I actually am. I'm actually really proud because I feel like before I had her, I don't think I would have ever thought, like my husband even said to me, I'll be impressed, you know, if, if you feed for more than a few days because, it's so hard for you and yeah I remember thinking I don't even know if I'm going to get to a few days you know there were thoughts in that I had of in the hospital let's just dry up my milk and let's just switch to formula but then I don't know something in the back of my mind just said just try like just try, try and if it just if it doesn't work and you can't do it then you'll feel better about switching over to formula and I'm so happy that that it's you know eight weeks in as I said day by day but it's going all right yeah, it's amazing. And and so how how is your milk supply with all the girls? And did you ever have problems with low milk or was it more just the attachment? I've, no, I've all, all everyone's been slightly different, but three out of my four babies have really bad reflux. Okay. Um so they're very unsettled babies anyway. Like they're just big vomiters and crying babies. Yeah, right. So it was more, I do have supply issues with all of them. That's been the one consistent. And I've tried Matilium, I've tried the teas, I've tried the cookies. I love the cookies. I, I don't know that they do anything for me. They, they, they are, taste good though. <laughs> they are delicious. Yeah. So I, I always think like maybe they work, maybe they don't, but I'm going to keep eating them. But they're nice. The teas, yeah. yeah, the teas I don't love. So, I, no. you know, but I've tried them all. I just have supply issues. And yeah. this is the first time I've actually ever successfully pumped in all of my others. I've try to pump and not a drop has come out and oh. it's amazing that this time I'm able to pump yeah um, and so yeah I try to keep my supply up by pumping as much as I can yeah and um, even sometimes I'll just have a spare 10 minutes and I'll just try and pump where I can and during the day it dwindles so I, I try to feed and pump in the morning yeah and as much as I can and lunchtime as well generally by that four o'clock feed there's very little I have very little milk and so that's when I do a couple of formula bottles 
and which is quite helpful for me anyway because my girls can whack in a bottle <laughs> and see yeah. girls his mouth. The age gap is really amazing yeah. <laughs> because that's the time I'm running around and taking one to netball and doing, you know, swimming lessons and stuff. So it's quite yeah. nice to be able to have someone just make a formula bottle for me and do it all. I mean, I've got any of the grandparents, whoever's around basically gives my baby the bottle at that time. At that time and so you can do other things, yeah. So I can do other things, yeah. And then I'll give her, try and give her some pumped milk from the day and a formula bottle at that time. And then generally I can feed, breastfeed through the night. Okay. Well, um, that's then easier because you're going to get more sleep if you breastfeed in the night because it's just breast and then down again. Exactly, exactly. So yeah. as I said, like it just somehow works. And I can't say that I made it work like that. It's just evolved like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so did you, are your, did your girls have um, the medicine for the reflux? Yeah. So they, yeah. All, they were all on low sec. Yeah, low sec. Three yeah. out of the four, I was said. So yeah. Um, but you know what, again, the advantage of being a fourth-time mother is I know how this goes. I know that it's really hard, the, the reflux, they vomit, they squirm, they grunt like little pigs. So, yeah. you know, there's a lot more crying with a, a reflux baby, but you know, like when it's bad, I've spent like a month and like I just say this too shall pass because it does. It just all passes. It passes so quickly. So yeah. quickly. And that's the advantage of being, again, a, you know, a second, third, fourth time mom is that you know that. In the beginning, yeah. if you're a first time mom, you think, oh, my God, what have I done to my life? Yes. Is my baby going to cry forever? And, you know, it's awful. That feeling is awful. I know. You know. I know that this goes so quickly. The good goes quickly, the bad goes quickly. It all goes so quickly. Yes, I know. And it's it's certainly when you're in that time and you think, and someone says, oh, you know, like by six months, you know, they're going to start sitting up and they're going to start having some solids and it'll be different. You think, how can it be? Like I'm so much in the trenches at three months. How can things turn around? Totally. Suddenly like, oh, my baby hasn't cried today. Like how is that yeah. happening? You don't even notice it happening and then all of a sudden you realise it happened. Yeah. You know, that they changed. And, yeah, I just, like, I'm lo- I think that's why I'm loving this so much because it just is going to go so quickly. You yeah. know, I just am trying to, like, honestly, I'm trying. Like, I'm not saying it's all wonderful. And no. in the middle of the night, I think, oh, my God, I am broken. Yeah. I'm so tired and what have I done to this family that I'm so tired. But. <laughs> Come morning, I like forgive her for everything. And yes. I just like appreciate it so much, so much. Yeah. Oh no, that's that's beautiful. And that's then what takes us back to that slowing down and and um that you know just appreciating the time because um we we're built to rest in this in this early days. We're not built to be running around, but that's just how society has made us be. So I think the takeaway for the for the young mum, you know, the young mums, the first time mums and the pregnant ladies, and even in the second, third, fourth time mums is to remember how fast it goes or believe us when we say how fast it goes and believe us mm-hmm. when we say that you don't need to do everything and to say yes, as you say, just say yes all the time. Yeah, just don't question it. If someone's offering to help, just say yes. Yeah. You're actually even doing them a favour. Yeah. yourself. <laughs> just do it for them. They'll be so happy to help you. Yeah, awesome. Oh, well, thank you. It was so lovely to chat with you. Um, I'm, I could have just chatted for hours, but I like to keep these short and sweet because we have busy mums <laughs> listening. Yeah, um, but, um, yeah, no, thank you so much. And, yeah, we'll chat again soon. Bye.
I'd love to. Thank you so much. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening to the podcast. I really hope you got something out of it and at the very least made you feel not so alone in your breastfeeding journey. Share it with a friend who you feel may benefit from it or leave a review on your podcast streaming app. The more this podcast is shared and reviewed, the more women can benefit from this because we need to talk about breastfeeding more. Bye for now.